they're going down to Northwestern and <laughs> to Evanston to take on the the Wildcats. And I, I guess I didn't look at the the forecast. I just assumed it was going to be gray and rainy and just crappy out there uh, because of you know them going to Evanston. Uh, RJ. Four and zero is the Wildcats, and Rowdy at four and zero, the Wildcats. We both, we all know that. Is um, are they the real deal? At four and zero, are they are they actually a good, legit team? Are they going to scare the Badgers coming in here? I don't know. Um, oh, look, it's, it's going to be forty degrees and cloudy Saturday you know, in Evanston, Illinois. It's always cloudy. Yep. Um, it's it's hard to tell. You, the teams they've beaten, they, I mean, nobody expected those teams to be good. Mm-hmm. And they're barely beating them. Um, Northwestern's offense still pretty anemic. Uh, their defense is about the only thing they have going for them. Uh, Good coaching, yeah, but it goes a long way. With, with uh, on the field, I mean, it's pretty much just looking at it. Uh, you stop them offensively, and I think the Badgers have a good shot of kind of breaking this open and kind of so, ending a streak of one-score games between these two teams. Last year, Northwestern's offense was uh, one of the worst units in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a good offense. And with a new offensive coordinator now and now a transfer quarterback, they've obviously gotten a little better. This quarterback, Peyton Ramsey. Out of Indiana. Able to lift uh, them a little higher, I guess. Well, yeah, you brought in Peyton Ramsey, who now is an average Big Ten quarterback. And before that, you had one of the worst quarterbacks in the Big Ten. <laughs> so, yes, you upgraded the position. Not just one. The whole unit was bad. They, yeah. they trotted out three guys last year. They're bad. Uh, and Hunter Ramsey. Johnson was a transfer Remember, from Clemson who was supposed to be pushing for the starting job <laughs> over Trevor Lawrence. This is how bad the kid was that they brought in. Wasn't he a true freshman? And they were talking about all the hype because it was right after Clayton Thorson had graduated. They brought in this kid as a freshman. They go, Oh, he's going to be a really good one. He could be just as good, if not better, than Clayton Thorson. Then he lost the job, like, within the first five games. Yeah, that sounds yeah. – yeah. And I can't they, even remember what his name is because he wasn't even there the whole year. They have Trent Green's son who, like, ended up playing instead of – I can't even think of what yeah. his name – I got to, I have to look it up. Yeah, look the get the research know, department on that. The next thing you know, it, uh, Trent Green's son got knocked out. He got knocked out. And then the Look other out, guy man. had to come back in. Look out, man. And then, like, last year, yeah, they trotted out Hunter Johnson, and he looked like he was <laughs> shell-shocked. It's like, what am I doing out here? Yeah, how he, do I, he, What am I doing? How did I get here? He didn't look like he knew how to play quarterback. So, yeah, Peyton Ramsey, who was splitting snaps with uh, Penix Jr. Uh, how do you? Like, as you're a coaching staff and you're preparing for a game and you throw, you got a guy practicing that you just know lo- – looks bad like like you just said like shell-shocked like i forgot how to play quarterback I, sometimes in practice when you know you're not getting hit or something i, I guess uh, it's easier you look, you look yeah. good and then game time comes and it you're turns like, into the heck was that the shell shock you're like <gasps> what are you doing son it's like you're a deer in the headlights yeah. just waiting to get screamed by the way uh, deer hunting starting up tomorrow you yeah you don't hunt the yard nah, i'm not a big hunter rowdy do you hunt nope i like the stories I don't. I like to sleep. I like the stories, though. All right, so go get that thirty-point buck out there, boys. So um, they played three quarterbacks: Green, Johnson, and Smith. No one threw for more than hundred and eighty-five yards in a game. Oh my God! Well, speaking of that, um, their quarterback now for um, Northwestern Ramsey, he's averaging hundred and eighty yards a game. 
completing 65% of his throws and has thrown six tutties compared to four interceptions. So, Rowdy, the theme of 180 yards lives on with Peyton Ramsey. That's, I mean, that's still not that good of a ratio in <laughs> no. terms of uh, touchdowns and interceptions. So. Uh, Ramsey is, though, the third leading rusher on the team with his legs. That's also not good. No. <laughs> he's not a, He's not known as a mobile quarterback. No. No. <laughs> that's why Penix beat him out. Like, Too he's funny, got man. the legs. So, what and is it? And probably the better arm. <laughs> what is it with Northwestern, though? Because... They're n- they're never that great of a team. They always have good, you know, decent coaching. They're never that good of a team. Yet Wisconsin always struggles to get a win down in Ryan Field. Um, I don't historically. It's something that you just can't explain. Um, recently, it's with uh, defensive coordinator Mike Hankowitz, who um, does he under, just have the under, number under Bielema? He and Paul Christ. Went up against each other every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you tend to it's just two two chess masters going at it. Yeah, but they tend to know each other's playbook, and sometimes that is more beneficial to the defense. Um, because I mean, it's one of those things where you get over time, you get to know a guy's tendencies, and even out of the different formations that Chris likes running the same play out of. Yeah. Um it it can become predictable if you're working closely with that guy for a certain amount of time even if you're opposite sides of coordinators. He knows you know? his ins and outs. What do you say, Robert? I think I understand what's going on, but we haven't peeled back enough layers of the onion. You know how there's weird med- magnetic places across the world. Yes. Yeah. I think that's just one of them for the University of Wisconsin. <laughs> it's located on Ryan it's Field. Like, it's like disasters happen. North <laughs> Evanston's like the Bermuda Triangle for the Wisconsin Badgers. They get lost in it. There's just a weird energy. <laughs> We've been watching Ancient Aliens lately. I haven't turned it on in a while. But, but it kind of came wrong. to me this morning. There, there are areas that have different magnetic you know, like forces. Uh, in uh, Bermuda Triangle is one of them. There's uh, there's all kinds of places. Yeah, somewhere in the British Isles with like the ancient Druids. Yeah. Yep, no doubt about it. So <laughs> it's just something weird like that for the University of Wisconsin. Evanston's got a weird magnetic energy, a magnetic field that's just, just located dis- on top of Ryan Field. It discombobulates <laughs> people that wear cardinal, <laughs> the cardinal red and the white. You know, it's just something that's in the air. Well, if you look at it though, uh, I'm looking at Winsipedia. Uh 2019, obviously last year the Badgers win 24 to 15 at Camp Randall. But then you go back to 2018, the Badgers lose to Northwestern 31 to 17. That game was stinky. You guys remember that game? That was a yeah. stinky game. I mean, they've only won one of the last six since 2000 in Evanston. Yeah, I think it was uh, 2016. They win in Evanston. The Badgers win 21 to seven. Yep. Uh, then they lose in 2014, 20 to 14. Well, it just seems like they always play one of their worst games of the year when they play Northwestern, especially at Ryan Field. And oh. then you also have just weird things that happen. Yeah, the magnetic yeah. field, like, like that Jack jazz. Col- P- Jazz oh P, my god! That, and that was a home game, uh, like, but when they play Northwestern, yeah. weird stuff just yeah. happens. It's, it's 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 never it's not just resign, resigned to Ryan Field. It's always at Camp Randall too. It's oh, always Ron ugly. Dane fumbling the ball when yeah. all he needed to do is take a knee to win. Oh god, Jesus! That Jesus. happened. <laughs> what is it? Is it uh, rowdy? Maybe they have magnets in their like helmets or something. They're 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 bringing their own weird magnetic field with them. Um. <laughs> Well, if you look at the other teams uh, in the at Big the Ten wins. that have like the same type of caliber as Northwestern has the last two decades, the Badgers handle them, and yeah. they handle them pretty easily. It's just not Northwestern. <laughs> I, I don't it's understand just, it. Uh-huh. 
North. Some That's of these good. scores are insane. Like you look at uh, there's a 33-17 in there somewhere. There's a 70 to 23. What? A 2010? Is this right? 70 to 23. Uh, November 27th, 2010 at Camp Randall. Uh, we got to get the research department on that. I'm looking at uh, a, a 13 to 7 Northwestern wins in 2015 at Camp Randall. I'm looking at a 21 to 7. Wisconsin actually that's what a one win in Evanston in a long time. I'm looking at is this right too in 2005 51 to 48? Yeah. I was there. Believe me. Oh, you were at that one? Yeah. That was in Evanston, yeah. Yeah. How, it, RJ, take me. Yeah, you were at the te- you were on the team then. Yeah. It, take it, me. What the hell happened in that game? Uh, a lot of points were turnovers. Clear. That's pretty much it. 51 to 48. My god. Um there are some weird score lines here. You're looking for is this one right here. This is the one that I need the research department to look up. Yeah. Uh, November 27th, 2010. This one, I feel like I would remember a 70 to 23 victory for the Badgers. Yeah, you'd, you'd think you would. Um, I'm trying to. Well, that's in the Brett Bielema run it up. So run it up on the teams you have to when it's not a part of the uh, formula for the BCS. So, I mean, all right. So. Obviously, it's always been weird games between these two uh, teams. Yes. But you know what's really weird is the year of 2020. So, Rowdy, there may be a magnetic field down there that messes with them. But also, I'm thinking to myself, it's 2020. Here it is. It is true. 70 to 23. It is true. (laughs) In 2020, you have, you know, left is right, up is down, right is wrong, black is white. Maybe Wisconsin will go down there and exercise those Northwestern Ryanfield demons, and they will win. Graham Mertz mania. Maybe he'll set the record. He'll he'll throw seven touchdowns, six touchdowns, you know, instead of the five he did against Illinois. And we'll be talking like how great the Wisconsin Badgers are and how uh, Northwestern was a pretender for an O team. Yeah, I'm looking at this 2010 game, dude. Let's see, Monte Ball touchdown. Uh, Monte Ball touchdown. You have Monte Ball, another touchdown. Scott Tolzien. 230 yards passing and four touchdowns. Yeah, it's insane. Look at this ass-whooping of biblical proportions. My question is, why don't I remember this game? Why don't we remember this game? I think you, we, we will remember a 70-23 to 23 tune-up. Watch something like that happen, man. That would be, <laughs> be awesome. That would be great. Um, what's the spread on this game, Rowdy? Uh, currently seven and a half. S- to the Badgers, obviously. Is there an over-under? Is that, do you have that in front of you? By chance? That would be 43 and a half. Speaking of wild games, it's uh, I don't think you can ever say they've been wild down at Ryan Field. It's always been strange. History not on the side of UW, though. One in five in its last six games at Ryan Field. But um, things, are, things are a little different, you know, in 2020. UW is uh, – okay, so UW against Michigan – I saw a headline, UW has found its rushing attack against Michigan. And then they highlight Jalen Berger. And then a little bit of Nakia Watts. Everyone with a pulse, you could run the ball against Michigan. Mm-hmm. But now with Jalen Berger, Paul Chris said over the you know, start of the week that he's earned the right to have more reps. But now Garrett Groshek is back at practice, working his way back, and is hopeful to be playing against Northwestern on Saturday. So if Garrett Groshek's back, Garrett Groshek was a leading carrier, uh, leading rusher against Illinois, and then didn't play against Michigan because 
they never said it was COVID, but it could be COVID. He had to go through all the return to play protocols necessary. So Garrett Groshek gets back. What happens with Jalen Berger? Rowdy, you feel like you got to say something. Yeah, you were talking about how it's just a you know the Badgers are one in five in their last six or whatever against Northwestern. Yeah, yeah, it is twenty twenty. It is a little weird. Let me read off who's leading the uh, ACC. That would be Notre Dame. <laughs> The, an independent. Iowa, Iowa State is leading the Big 12. <laughs> Indiana is leading the Big 10 East. Northwestern is leading the Big 10 West. <laughs> is that weird enough? Does it is get that weirder? weird enough for Does the Badgers to just absolutely go into Northwestern and stomp them? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely weird enough. I think that's what the Badgers are going to do. BYU is ranked eighth and undefeated. They've, <laughs> yeah. played, they've played eight games. The Badgers have played two. <laughs> yeah. 2020 is wild, man. It is absolutely wild. Well, okay, let me ask you guys. San Jose State is leading the Mountain West Conference. Normally, they're one of the worst teams in, in Division One football. <laughs> turn in the corner. Turn turn in the corner. Well, let me ask you, would it be weird to be like, all right, Jalen Berger's our, our guy now after that performance against Michigan? No, it wouldn't, but it, it would be for <laughs> would it be weird not to see, Or would it be weird not to see him at all moving forward after that performance against Michigan? I wouldn't be surprised. Coastal Carolina's ranked 15th. Now that, is that the most crazy out of all of them? Coastal Carolina? Oh, they've been doing well. Um, RJ, it's Coastal I think, Carolina. I think some of it is the fact that there are conferences that don't even have one game played yet. Yeah, but there's still 15. It's Coastal Carolina, the large. Yeah, they're still. I mean, they're a group of five team. I mean, you get group of five You don't five think it's weird, that, though, that they're that they're up there 15th with Marshall? Yeah, it's weird, but yeah, it, that's we're going a team on the weird that's vibe. consistently been good okay, the last few uh, years. Louisiana, Lafayette, Raging Cajuns are ranked in the top 20. Is it weird that Indiana is ranked ninth? Yeah. <laughs> that's nothing, weird. Nothing is normal about this year. This is exactly why Wisconsin's going to go on in there and destroy Northwestern. Uh, I couldn't agree more, Rowdy. Things are just Tulsa's too ranked 25th. weird. Tul- for the love of God, Tulsa. <laughs> for the love of God. Louisiana. Is 24th. Liberty is 21st. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Like emu, I said. Emu, Emu. All right, so I was Limu, Emu. Liberty Mutual, L-I-M-U, Limu, Emu. It just rhymes. How much How much pot was that person smoking when I thought of that? Maybe they ate a hey, handful of mushrooms. It must have been. It works on like everyone but me. I don't. I still don't get it. I think I ask you oh, once a week, what the hell's a Limu, Emu? <laughs> And here's Liberty. Liberty Mutual. Rank, not, not Liberty Mutual, but the football team, 21st. To Rowdy's point, 2020 is wild. Some weird, wild shit. I'm right there with you, Nelly. Wisconsin's going to go into Ryan Field and just throttle. And just going off of that, I think we're going to actually see a decent amount of Jalen Berger. I hope so. I think we're going to. Because <laughs> we're going to see it. Why not? It's 2020. Anything can happen. And I don't know. He yeah. just looked like your best running back last week against Michigan. He did. I don't know why you wouldn't play him. I don't either. At what level, from peewee to the professionals, do you ever have a, ki- a kid or a guy play better than everyone else and go, you know what, I think let's, I'm going to put you on the bench. Some, let's give somebody else a shot. Yeah, hey. I, I think I actually like Garendo or Nakia Watson. I love watching running backs run into the line and get tackled. But here's the thing. I, uh, well, I mean, I would be curious to see if Ra- Rowdy, maybe get the research department on it, what you would set the line at for Jalen Berger over under on carries. Because I bet you it would be, I would take the under. He got 15, right, last week? Yep. Groshak is back, so obviously he's going to be the number one. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But would you not love to see a little uh, Garrett Groshak? 
Jalen Berger one-two punch. Oh, my God. Punch. I can only get mm-hmm. so excited, Rowdy. Yes, I'd I love to see it. Like I said, I can only watch so many plays <laughs> oh of a God. running back. How many times can you watch a running back run into his own offensive line, just basically right into the line and then fall down? I've seen enough of it. I can do it. it quite a few I've times. I've seen enough of it through two games, and that's Nakia Watson and Isaac Garendo. Uh, Nik- Don't need to see it anymore. Nakia, well, Isaac Garendo only played one game, though, Rowdy. He didn't even play against Michigan. So that Illinois game for Garendo was enough for you? One and done. <laughs> Jalen Berger against, Mich- against Illinois, nothing. Jalen Berger against Michigan, 15 carries, 87 yards, one touchdown. I'll set his over-under at uh, nine and a half. I would still, I think I would take the under. I think... I think you'll see Garrett Groshek, a healthy dose of Garrett Groshek and Nakia Watson, and then you'll see like five carries probably from uh, Jalen Berger. What about you guys? And he'll go for 150 on those five carries. Five carries, 85 (laughs) yards. (laughs) Oh, three touchdowns. And it'll be like in the second quarter. Well, he's good. Let's sit him down. So they haven't announced like what exactly was what happened to Garrett Groshek and some of the guys that missed in Michigan, but all signs are pointing to COVID 19 um, because. Garrett Groshek had to go through all the steps necessary to clear protocol and get you know back into play. So Joe, Joe Rudolph said, "I'm hoping he gets there for the you know his practice for the game. I don't know all the protocols and things that go with it, but based on what he's done so far, I'm hopeful." Uh, the same goes for left guard Josh Seltzner. Um, he will not rejoin the starting unit at least this week, though. Rudolph was talking about. Uh, Rudolph will go with the same starting five they had against Michigan, which had uh, Dietzen in uh, Seltzner's spot at left guard. And then one guy you are getting back is going to be uh, Rashad Wild Goose. He tweeted it out. He says, Wild Goose said, can't wait to get back out there Saturday. It's been a long 21 days. So I guess some bodies coming back. Yeah, I mean. And it's good players. Yeah. And, and why would you change up that O-line that you just saw against Michigan? There was one miscommunication that led to a sack. Other than that, n- nobody got into the backfield. Well, well, that was one of the things we were talking about coming into the season, that, that getting John Dietzen back at the very minimum, just added to your depth on that offensive line, which you had some starters returning, but you lost a lot of guys. But you had a lot of guys that were in that room that had a lot of playing experience. It was guys that started a lot of games, but they might not have been the full-time starter. Right. They've played in a lot of games, but they hadn't started a ton of games. Mm -hmm. The line's good. The lines look great for two games. Yeah. And you got a lot of depth. I I have no issue with that. No, same. No. But okay, so if they're not going to change the starting line, which I I'm full I, we're all in full agreement, don't do that because it looks phenomenal. And at the worst case scenario if it doesn't look good, you plug them right back in. Yeah. So why would then are you going to start mixing up what happened with the running backs then? Hey, Jalen Berger, sorry. I know uh you earned the right to get more reps as Paul Chris said and you had a hell of a game, but we got uh Garrett Groshek back, which I love Garrett Groshek, don't get me wrong. Hey, uh, but hey, Jalen Berger's looking good. Hey, Jalen, I, I know you went for 15 carries and did pretty well last week, but, uh, but uh, I, th- uh, I think you kind of got some skinny calves. Why don't you go over there? Why don't you go in the corner with the rest of the, the red shirt freshmen and, and do some uh, calf raises? <laughs> what does that even mean? Get him out there and give him the football. Well, that was yeah. one of the things because everyone's like, well, he, his, he's not thick enough yet to you know, be a full-time back for the Badgers. He looked phenomenal against Michigan. All because he, he you can't drool over him like uh, AJ Dillon. Yeah, those thick thighs, thick boy. Hey, guess what? Not every single human being is made the same way. Correct. He looked good to me. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't confuse Aaron Jones. I know this is an NFL product, but you wouldn't confuse Aaron Jones with a thick boy, would you? 
I don't think so. Looks like he's the uh, lead back for the and Packers. I, I don't yeah. know. Wisconsin, you know, they kind of had a lot of different type of running backs with different types of builds over the last three decades. Yes, they And have. they've all had a lot of good careers. I mean, look at Ron Dane. Not too long after that, you went to Michael Bennett and Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Those are quite different uh, builds than Ron Dane. Just a little. And then you can even go to Melvin Gordon. He looks quite a bit different than Ron Dane. Ron yeah. Dane. Or even Jonathan Taylor to... James White. Or John Clay. Yeah. They look quite a bit different. Jalen Berger's just another different body that's going to have a good career. Yeah. The one you and could probably him. say look closest to Ron Dane was P.J. Hill, and that's not even close. Yeah. <laughs> and we forgot Monte. Monte Ball is in there too. And don't forget about Monte. And he didn't in college didn't look anything like Rondé. No, he did not. <laughs> not at all. And you can do that for almost all the running backs and they look different. Yeah. I mean Jalen Berger, who do you think Jalen Berger looks the closest to body-wise? Maybe a maybe a John Clay? Really? I was thinking, I was thinking like more Melvin, of Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon maybe I was saying he bit. had more of the Melvin Gordon where he's kind of longer and lankier. Now, Melvin Gordon's yeah. got some pretty big biceps. RJ, you get him on that but... Wisconsin diet, he'll start looking like a John Clay. Well, he should already be on it. <laughs> I'm with you, Ebo. I thought he looked, He has more, I think of he's the, more of a Gordon. The taller Gordon build. But, RJ, I mean, you get him off of those, uh, those, you know, that New Jersey diet. I don't even know what that would be. And you get him on some meat, cheese, and some brats. <laughs> And he'll be getting that more John Clay slash Melvin Gordon look on him. He kind of has the the Melvin Gordon get type. In, get him in that squat rack. Kind of has the Melvin Gordon type game, in my opinion, from just watching him from one game. He's the, once he gets through that hole, he accelerates well through the hole. Yeah. But once he gets through there, he's a, he's a sprinter. Nothing wrong with that. So, all right. So get you pretty far in life. Wisconsin. <laughs> all right, I'm going to save the staff for coming up here. But, yeah, I want to see more Jalen Berger. Saturday against the Wildcats. That, I mean, that was the guy I was really high on coming into this season because what's the pipeline from New Jersey like? I don't know. There's a pretty good guy in there from New Jersey. Last, last I checked, the Jonathan Taylor was pretty good for the Badgers. Never heard of him. I don't know why I was whispering. All right, we'll come back. Corey Clement. Yeah, yeah Corey Clement. Ron Dane. I saw the stat. Well, Wisconsin coming in ranked at number 10. Northwestern is number 19 making this the first top 20 matchup between the Badgers and Northwestern since 1962. And Wisconsin says uh, on their Twitter account, for the record, we were ranked number 8 in 1962 matchup where we beat the number 1 Northwestern Wildcats 37-8. to So there you go. Oh. The last time they were both ranked. Uh, what was that fist pump for, Rowdy? What happened? Oh, I just won again on the gambling. I'm now 2 for 2 on the streams. Oh, on Twitch? My yeah. man. Yeah, you're killing it. Let me do that too. Points, gamble. All right, so uh, when it comes to this game, we were talking Jalen Berger. We want to see more Jalen Berger. Don't know if that's going to happen because Garrett – oh, I lost. Because that's going to happen because Garrett Groshek uh, is back. So you're going to have Garrett Groshek, Nakia Watson. I haven't heard about uh, Garendo, so not sure what his status is going to be. We'll have our sports director, Zach Halpern, coming in the 9 o'clock hour, though, to talk about it. Actually, I'm going to try to get him in the 8 o'clock hour to talk about it. And – um. Uh, with Garrett Groshek coming back, that's a good thing, though, boys. Like, more bodies. I know everyone with the pulse that, you know, against Michigan got yardage. Garrett Groshek, though, I'm a big fan of Garrett Groshek. I think he's a very good piece for that Wisconsin offense. Yeah. Would you guys agree? I think he's good at what he does, and he's good at what they use him for. Yeah, to- totally. RJ? Yeah, I mean, he fits the system. So when you look at let's go to the defensive side of the ball, uh, Wild Goose coming back at cornerback. How good of a get is that for him coming back after 21 days for the Badgers? Yeah, uh, 
you always got to like it when your starting corner comes back. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, the defense against, against the, Michigan, I think we saw a couple lapses. All right, let me ask you about the Badgers defense. Is the Badgers defense not – don't say it's a little bit of both. No, is the Badgers no. defense truly that good, or is it like, all right, boys, you went against Illinois, and you went against – and this is weird to say, but it's 2020 – Michigan. Because Milton's terrible. You have to be good to hold a team to not just the points, but the lack of yards. That that doesn't happen by being good and the other team being bad. That happens by a great defense stopping yeah. a team. Now, when you look at the first two games, Illinois and Michigan, what are the things that you say concerned you in the first game against Illinois. The only thing that came to my mind was Peters running the football where Nick Herbig kind of uh, didn't contain well, and he gave up a couple of long runs. Other than that, the defense looked phenomenal. They gave up just seven points. Yeah. Then you look at Michigan. What did the defense not do well? Nothing comes to mind. (laughs) Michigan scored more points in Illinois, but nothing comes to mind because it was all garbage points. Right. The Badgers have that the Badgers defense has only given up for the two games, allowing opponents just 18 points total and 18 first downs. UW's passing defense efficiency of 83.45 is second best in FBS and ranks first among teams who have played multiple games. I mean, so, eight. So, <laughs> there's a team out there that played one game that I guess. <laughs> Sorry, you don't qualify. You've not played multiple you games. You've played a game. <laughs> I mean, they gave up just eight first downs to Illinois, 10 to Michigan. Yeah, they're yeah. good, dude. Four players lead the team with seven tackles. Three more have at least five. Uh, UW's time of possession is huge. Uh, f- f- I had it for 40 minutes against Michigan. The, dude, the UW's massive time of possession advantage. The average of 41 minutes and 52 seconds compared to 18 minutes and 8 seconds so far. Yeah. Wow. I mean, in two games, they've given up less than 220 yards in both of them. Yeah. yeah. I saw the stat here, too. Opponents are 5 of 21 on third down tries against the Badgers defense. And they're getting good. and they're getting healthier. Good. You just mentioned how Wild Goose is coming back. Yep. There are other players Rand on the team. Back. Yeah, that's a big one too, yeah. especially cuz they had an injury yeah. on H- the defensive H- 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 line. Henningson? Henning? What? Matt Henning? Oh, I forget his last name, but nailed it. something. Nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Um how about so was it Matt Bernstein? He was saying that uh, these younger guys have really added this injection of uh this newfound swag when it comes to both offense and defense. That dude, Nick Herbig, Nick Herbig has looked pretty freaking good, man. And it's yeah. not just him; it's no, more. It's, yeah, it's all obviously of them. It's, it's Graham Mertz on the offensive side of the ball. Jalen Berger gave him a, a bit of a bump against Michigan too. Obviously, you and uh, Zach like to talk about Chimray DK. You like Chimray to say that name, DK. but he's played in both games and has looked decent. But then you still have guys like Leo Chanel. Oh, dude, beast. Yep. And and he's just a sophomore. Yeah. And then, I mean, Beast. I don't know, but watching it, there is a lot of energy that are from these guys that have only been with the program two years or less. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't really, you can't really say any different. And they're, they're, they're bringing the juice. Yeah, BYOJ, the, baby, bring your own juice. They are bringing the juice. And they're, they're dominating. Yeah. I don't know what else you it's can a say. Juice party. Let's go, baby. Bring your own juice, man. We got, we got juice everywhere. 
Woo. Flowing. Yeah, there's not much else you can when say you, besides they're dominant. When you make basically two teams quit in the two games you've played against, <laughs> you're doing something right. No doubt yeah. about because it. Because when teams start quitting, that means you're relentless. Yeah. You've and, destroyed them mentally. And you know, I'd really like to have like the NCAA not count the seven points uh, uh, against the Badgers Illinois scored because that was not against the defense. Yeah, that was the offense. So really, you've allowed 11 points in two games. And uh, let's see, stopping the run for UW, they've allowed just 89 yards per game. So yeah, you can yeah. talk all you want about how good. Northwestern has a good defense, which they do, and you could talk all about how this could be his best defense at Northwestern he's ever had. It could be the best one ever. I've heard that so many times, swear to God. Now he's fired about up today. Northwestern's defense. How many times have you heard that under? You hear it once every couple every of years. Every few years. Yeah. It's his best one. Get him, Nels. Get him, Nels. Great. If it they, continues, they won the Big Ten West a couple of years ago. <laughs> I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Peyton, Peyton, I don't know. I don't buy them being the best defense that he, he always coaches every few years. I mean, come on. Come, come on. Come on. And then, at the, and then at the same time, though, you like you look at it and you go, is Peyton Ramsey really going to score against the Badgers defense? No. No. Peyton Ramsey's going to be made to look silly. Just silly. Just a little I silly mean, goose. Outside that, of that Maryland. That touchdown to uh, interception ratio is going to flip. Outside flip of, it on his head, Rowdy. Outside of Maryland, I mean, yeah. they've scored in the 20s against Iowa, who's not a very good team. They won that game by one. Yep, Purdue. <laughs> they beat Nebraska by one possession. They scored just 21 points. That's not a good football team. And Purdue, who's, in my opinion, not very good. You won by one possession. Mm-hmm. You scored 27 points. Yep. Dude, speak... If Northwestern and Peyton Ramsey blinks, Wisconsin could be up fourteen to nothing in the first five minutes. I, I, yeah, I mean they're gonna we, crush. We saw that uh, happen against Michigan. I mean when two out of your first five passes are interceptions, uh, you know this defense can kind of create that. And I mean we heard it in interviews um, from a couple of guys. I mean. Jim Leonard seems to know what the other team's going to do, and they execute his game plan perfectly. And it, I mean, if you have a D coordinator that can set you up for that kind of success, uh, your team's going to go pretty far. I'm going to make a prediction. Do it. Badgers offense puts up 30-plus points against the Northwestern's best defense. <laughs> and how many points does... The Badgers' defense give up to the average Northwestern offense. Less than 20. Less than 20. Dude, UW controls the ball for two-thirds of a game for time of possession. They sure do. That's nuts. <laughs> Good luck, Northwestern. <laughs> There's this little game on Sunday in Indy against the Colts. The Packers are going down there as uh, they're underdogs still, right? Right, right, Rowdy? One-and-a-half-point underdog somewhere around there? Yeah. I'm looking at this game, and I'm questioning if we're going to see on the field Devontae Adams because Devontae Adams did not practice yesterday due to that ankle injury, and he was also a limited participant on Wednesday. Is that not weird? How can you go from being a limited participant on a Wednesday to not practicing on Thursday? Maybe he tweaked it again. That's the only thing I can think of. If if you're going down in participation, it means that uh, either you're not responding 
or you tweaked it again doing something, or the Packers are being v- extra cautious. Can we have a little press conference with Devontae Adams and ask him how his ankle is feeling, or is he not going to be available to the media? Well, I wish he would just tweet about it. <laughs> then we could see it, and then he could delete it like five minutes later. Because I think a lot of Packer fans, myself included, are really hoping Devontae Adams plays, not only for the Packers' fortune, but also fantasy. Oh, yeah, fantasy, no doubt about it. Devon, well, my brother, my brother was like, all right, so this is something I wanted to talk about. My brother has, this isn't a story about fantasy football. I know no one cares about everyone's fantasy football teams. But my brother's like, yo, I got Devontae. I'm in a make or break, do or die situation. I have Devontae Adams. If he doesn't play, I'm screwed. And then he says, why is he so soft? And I said, yo, Devontae Adams is not the one who is soft. Devontae Adams, if you go by what he said earlier in the year, or what he tweeted about earlier in the year. Remember when Devontae Adams tweeted out, I essentially saying, I'm ready to play, but I guess other people know my body better than I know my own body? Something along those lines. Remember that tweet, Rowdy? Yep. Where Devontae Adams was clearly clearly pissed off that they well, weren't that letting like, him play. For like two weeks we heard, like, oh, he's he's practicing, he's feeling better, that ankle's feeling better, but then, he's a no-show on the Sunday. And then, whoop, didn't play. And he twe- rifled off a tweet, was very perturbed, pissed off about it, and then about 10 minutes later, he deleted the tweet and kind of apologized in the media a little later. Uh, you got to imagine Lafleur, Gutekunst, and the staff was like, yo, dude, you can't be tweeting stuff out like that. So I was telling my brother, I'm like, dude, Devontae Adams is not soft. It's the Packers brass, the medicals, the doctors, the coach, who are saying we are going to be not cautious but overly cautious with the wide receiver Devontae Adams. Apparently, they th- – it was like against the Vikings when they had players out. The Packers thought that they could beat the Vikings without who was out for that game. Was it um, was huge it, mistake? Was it Jones? Who was out for that? Who was you out? can't you can't take any game for granted in the NFL. Now I I know they've done it and I know they've gotten away with it, but these are all professionals. These are all guys that get paid to play football. They're all really highly skilled. You can't just not use some of your best players, even if they're a little banged up. But they can still play. Yeah. Um, I get it if Devontae Adams is like, man, I got a high ankle sprain. It hurts from my Achilles all the way up to my knee. I don't even like to walk on it. Not the case. Not the case. He came back in against Jacksonville and caught the, which ended up being the go-ahead touchdown. Yes. And Devontae, I mean, he was practicing on Wednesday. Wednesday. And he also was, he was, he was there yesterday with his ankle taped up, but he was just doing like light stretching and then off he went. So against the Vikings in that loss to the Vikings, going into that game, obviously you had Aaron Jones who was banged up. Uh, what did he had? The hamstring injury. Was it the hamstring? The calf injury. That's what he had. I feel like, have you ever heard the saying, are you hurt or are you injured? Yes. I feel like every, if you go into the Packers, doctors, well, you're hurt, there's, or you're there's no such thing as, are you hurt or are you injured? It's just, all right, you're injured. Yeah. Oh, you got a little boo-boo? Okay, we're going to put you on the bench. So against the Vikings, the second game, the loss where Delvin Cook ran absolutely wild. Uh, The Packers obviously thought that they could win without some of their weapons. Uh, Aaron Jones didn't play, despite he he potentially said he could have. Aaron Jones didn't play. Uh, I don't know if he would have been a huge difference, but he would have been a difference, I guess, um, in the third and fourth quarters because the Packers only got the ball twice in the first half against the Vikings. They thought that they could beat the Vikings without their weapons, or one of their weapons. They lost. Against the Niners then, COVID reared its ugly head. A.J. Dillon obviously couldn't play because of COVID. And then close contact, no Jamal Williams, uh, no, you know, Kamal Martin, yada, yada, yada. So they're like, okay, 
we can beat the Niners, but we need a running back. So they brought back Aaron Jones, and he looked fine. 15 carries, 58 yards. Also, you know, five catches out of the backfield for 21 yards. Devontae Adams played that game, too. I think it was not only was it that, but I think they also looked around the running back room, and they were like, they're like, oh, God, Tyler Irvin. Dexter Williams. Dexter Williams. All right, Aaron Jones, your cap's all right, right? Aaron Jones, get in there. Aaron Jones was like, my cap's been fine for weeks, dude. I don't know why you held me out of that Vikings game. Well, oh, okay. Well, you can play then because we need you. Well, could you make the case that you need Devontae Adams against the Colts on Sunday, or would you make the case that, hey, we can beat the Colts without Devontae Adams. Why do we need him? We've done it before without him. We can do it again. Do you think that if Devontae Adams was 90%? or First of all, let's start, do you think him practicing was necessary yesterday? To play on Sunday? No. Yeah, yeah neither to do I. To play on Sunday, no, but it doesn't – Unless he tweaked it, it doesn't make sense why he'd be a limited participant on Wednesday and then all of a sudden a no-show on Thursday, which I didn't hear Devontae Adams come out and say that he heard it in practice on Wednesday. No, he Devontae Adams said along the lines of like his injury, his ankle injury was not a 9-1-1 situation. He said it wasn't bad. They were just monitoring it closely. So it, he, he seemed to be pretty cool with it. Uh, Rowdy, you need though. Devontae Adams. You need Devontae Adams. I mean, this Indianapolis Colts defense is good. Well, okay, what do you need What do you need more, though? A regular season win over the Indianapolis Colts or Devontae Adams in the playoffs? A healthy, refreshed Devontae Adams in the playoffs? Well, obviously the answer is Devontae Adams in the playoffs. But if it's an ankle injury that you're not going to make worse... I'd like him. I'd like him to yeah, play so on would Sunday. I. I would like to. I would like to see Devonte Adams out there as well. Because I think against this Colts team, it's going to be hard to run the football. This this Colts defense has a good front seven. Mm-hmm. The last time they played a front seven that's like the Colts was the Buccaneers, where they couldn't really run the football. And then after that first quarter, they really couldn't score the football. Yeah. So if they do take away the run game, I would think that Matt Lafleur would come up with some adjustments. And, and come up with some schemes to combat what the Colts want to do with their front seven, stopping the run. And I would think it would make it a lot easier to scheme uh, wide receivers and different plays being open if Devontae Adams is on the field. No doubt about it. I mean, we've seen the Packers win without Devontae last year, some this year. But all right, here, here's a tweet. J.A. Krebs, what's up, Jordan? Good morning, brother. He tweets at me, my account, Ebo says. And Krebs proclaims why would he need to practice not really necessary anyways finding out for Sunday Packers are going to make the playoffs I'd rather him be 100% then instead of playing this week okay if you lose if the Packers lose this game playoffs essentially coming out for the Packers matchups and seedings right like where do you get seeded who are you matched up with what if the Packers fall down the uh, the the chart a little bit here of seeding of matchups, and they get a matchup with like I don't know, and we've talked about this before. What if they match up with the Vikings, who maybe they sneak into the playoffs? Yeah, that's not a matchup that you would like, especially first round. Yeah, and you look at right now, it's the Packers who have the number one overall seed in the NFC. They're technically tied with the New Orleans Saints, but they have that head-to-head tiebreaker. Tie yeah. Well, if you lose, you have to imagine that the Saints will continue to win. Now Drew Brees isn't going to play, but they have an actual backup in Jameis Winston. And Taysom Hill, Rowdy. Yeah, a guy that could be a starter at some other lower-level NFL teams. They don't have anyone named 
Tim Boyle. They don't have a guy that really doesn't dress in Jordan Love. Hey, he looks good in that tracksuit. What are you talking about, man? But, yeah, so Devontae Adams, yes, I get it. We want him to be healthy for the playoff run. But the Packers, listen, matchups are a huge thing for this Packers team. Uh, the likes of, like, a Minnesota Vikings, meaning them possibly in, you know, whatever round of the playoffs – Scared. It scares me a little bit because the Packers' defense, what do we know about their uh, their defense? They're terrible at defending the rush. What does Delvin Cook do very well? Run the damn ball. We, I mean, hell, we saw it. Well, I mean, if I'm the Green Bay Packers, and this is just me, I want the number one overall seed. I want the current buy. Now, I, said, I know they talked about adding an eighth team potentially, but right now it's seven teams, correct? Yes. That number one overall seed is the one that gets the buy? Mm-hmm. I think right now with the Packers and some of their injuries, like Devontae Adams, like the Aaron Joneses, like the offensive line, like some of the ones on defense, I'd like that extra buy to have that extra week of getting healthy. Yeah. I would want that that buy having the home field advantage, knowing that no matter who I play in the NFC playoffs, I will be playing at home and not have to worry about travel and all this other stuff. I want the number one buy, and therefore you need to win the game against the Indianapolis Colts. And I think a way to beat the Colts would be to outscore the Colts. The Colts have a good defense, but Wait, their offense on. isn't that great. You need Devontae Adams to score more points. Are you saying that in order for the Packers to beat the Colts, they got to score more points than them on Sunday? Weird, but yes. What? Devontae Adams gives that Packers that opportunity, though, right? To score more points? Isn't he the reason why they beat the Jaguars? Didn't he come back in from that ankle tweak? And light it up at the end there. I didn't. I didn't see Aaron Rodgers looking to uh, run it in on the, on the <laughs> touchdown pass that he threw to Devonte Adams, where Devonte Adams jumped up and made a nice catch. But I did see a wide open. I believe it was Malik Taylor and a wide open St. Brown Ugh. in the back of the end zone. Ugh. And Rodgers Ugh. goes, "Sorry, boys, but I'm going to take this one in myself because I don't trust you." Ugh. And just scrambled in for what five ish yards. Ugh. Uh, let's they were see clearly open. Yeah, he should. And then we would have cashed in on our bet, Rowdy, if Rodgers throwing more than two and a half friggin' touchdowns. Unbelievable. Okay, Papa Pick on Twitch. What's up, Papa? He says Adams needs to play every game. Uh, we have to go on the every year. We have to go on the road in the playoffs. Rodgers wants the one seed again for the first time in nine years. The Vikings, the Buccaneers, and the Rams, who I think will be in the playoffs, and those teams scare me. Yes. Yeah, because they're physical. They're physical teams. They're physical teams, and they like to run the football. That's why a long time ago, I think the beginning, probably three week three or four, I said the Rams were a team that scared me because of their defensive line. Yeah, their defensive line is extremely good. And now Jared Goff, if you can get him off his spots in the pocket, he's very inconsistent. But they like to run the football. They have three running backs that can all run the football. We know that the Packers' defense doesn't stop the run. No, no. Those are those are what you would say were bad matchups for the Packers. You don't mind playing teams like the Saints. You don't mind playing teams like Seattle. You don't mind playing teams like Arizona because you match up well against them. You can turn it into that high-scoring game. They don't match up well against those three teams, Buccaneers included. We already saw that. No. Yeah, well, do you – well, the Packers have shown that they've been able to win games without their some of their star weapons, obviously. Do you feel like, though, that Matt LaFleur and that medical staff is being overly cautious? They're like that helicopter parent, that overprotective mother that's just like, get, just get, 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 
get away, get off me, let me do my job, let me do what I need to do. Are they just overprotective? And is it is it justified? The Packers tied for the best record in the NFC North. They've been overprotective of Devontae Adams already this season. He tweeted about it and deleted it. We've overprotective seen it. of Aaron Jones with the calf injury, where it, it sounded like he could have came back at least a week earlier. I Wasn't it uh, Clay Matthews once he left the Packers that talked about how the doctors are very conservative and that they hold players out for longer than what they probably yeah, have Dr. to McKenzie, be Dr. McKenzie, the staff up there, when I'm saying conservative, I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about how they're just leery of putting their players out there, even if they're 99% healthy. Oh, we need you to be 100%, 110% actually, Devontae. Now here's my question. With that being the case in Green Bay, how did Brett Favre make it so long? Vicodin. <laughs> how did Bre- how did Brett Favre make it so long? If they literally hold out Devonte Adams for a sprained ankle, they hold out Aaron Jones because he slightly has maybe a calf or a hamstring injury. Well, it's a totally different league now. Uh, how d- how did Brett Favre make it twenty years? It's because they didn't give a crap about the. They give the illusion of the player safety now that they care about player safety, right? They give that illusion. Uh, or but, or maybe but then is they it, didn't even care about it at all. They're like, go out there, rub some dirt on it, dude. Or or maybe is it. You know, because it was the same doctors, same doctors, or maybe it was just different league. Brett Favre just said, "Screw you, I'm playing. You can't tell me what to do." And actually went out there and didn't listen to the doctors. Continued to play, played at a high level, played well. Could you? He's he's he made the most starts, consecutive starts in a row. That is a really. He's an Iron Man. He's the Iron Man, the gunslinger. And that will never. That record will never be touched. It will never be touched. The amount of babying that goes on in the NFL now. Is 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 ridiculous when it comes so, to players wanting to go out there and play. Maybe these players that are ninety percent healthy or eighty five percent healthy and they want to play, just tell the doctors that. Say, screw you, I'm playing. I have a minor ankle injury. Well, I'm playing. It, doesn't Tape it sound it like doesn't it sound like Devontae Adams did that when he yeah. tweeted that out? And then he still got like, hey, 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 delete that tweet. But that's why you see, like, I believe it was Rob Demosky when the, when he wasn't at practice yesterday was like, oop, he's a complete no show. Yeah, I don't care if he doesn't practice at all. No, during the week. Do I think Devonte Adams needs to practice to perform well on Sundays? No, but I hope he's out there on Sunday, especially if it's a minor ankle injury. Yes, they better have the uh, highest quality tape. What's funny is you, you look back at Brett Favre in the height of you know the the '90s NFL, a completely different league than it is now. Rowdy, they used to have a segment called "Jacked Up." You got jacked up. And they would just be doers getting lit up. You, they get like CTE on the spot. Yeah, it was like to make jacked up, you They're, had you, to give out a concussion. You could see their brain turn to mush in slow mo, and dudes would be like, "You got jacked up," and then laughing about it. It's like I think that guy just cut ten years off of his life. Minimum requirement: mild concussion. Yeah. If hey, if you want to get on jacked up, bro, you gotta at least at least give this guy a mild concussion. All right, you got you got it. They used to have hit lists out, Rowdy. I'm sure they still kind of do. Remember Favre they getting could, they tuned still, up by the Saints? They still couldn't take the Iron Man out with a hit list. They had a hit list out on Brett Favre and still couldn't stop the Iron Man. I don't like to give the you know him wearing him him credit when he's wearing the the purple and gold, but here we are. Zach, uh, you retweeted the the Zone Madison poll. Uh, which team is more likely to win on the road this weekend, Wisconsin at Northwestern or Packers at Colts? Now, it is a resounding 84.6% going to Wisconsin, taking down uh, the Wildcats. 
But the Badgers have not, what are they, one in five, I think? One in six, something like that? One in five uh, going down to Ryan Field the last like decade? What, what do you think about their chances here? As the Packers also have never won in Indy against the Colts. Sample size very small, only four games. But what, do you, what does yeah. Zach Heilprin say? Yeah, I, I think the fact that Wisconsin's won their first two games by 38 points uh, has a little bit to do with the, the spread there and the fact that you know Wisconsin, or Green Bay going there, playing against you know, a, an offensive line that's probably going to run the ball down their throat. And it's, I think that I, I could see why, certainly why the Badgers are. Uh, people think the Badgers are going to go down there and win more so than Green Bay. Packers are, or Badgers are favored. Uh, nobody really believes Northwestern is that good. The Badgers have Graham Mertz. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of reasons why I think uh, people are going Wisconsin over Green Bay. Isn't Green Bay like a, a, a one and a half? Are they underdogs? Yeah, they are. Uh, like one, and one and a half, yeah, something around there. And the Badgers so, are favored by yeah. what, Rowdy? Se- seven? Uh, seven and a half seven right half. now. Well, Zach, can't yeah. every year, every time the Badgers play Northwestern, can't we always make the case like why Wisconsin is so much better and why they should just throttle the Wildcats? Isn't that every of year? Of course. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah. That, look, Wisconsin has not. Wisconsin Northwestern seems like it's always a tight game, or it feels like it's always a tight game. That's certainly been. The case, uh, a large majority of these past five years. I mean, 2015 was a close game. Jazz Peavy caught it. Oh my um, God. You know, 2016 was was a relatively close close game. 17, you know, they came storming back. Um, 18 down there, Wisconsin, you know, struggling. And last year, um, you know, was was a relatively tight game. Uh, Wisconsin just hasn't been able to run the ball. I, you know what? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tough game because Northwestern always seems to stop Wisconsin's run. Why is that? Why is that? In your opinion? Well, Northwestern is. I, I, I mean, I think it has a lot to do with the defensive scheme. They're they're uh, really stout up front, tough to move. Um, very similar to the Wisconsin defense in that, but you know their defensive linemen are just there to soak up blocks and not allow the guys to get to the next level and let their linebackers make all the plays, which is kind of what Wisconsin does as well. But I mean, I, I went through and looked at this, and Northwestern is the only team that has not allowed Wisconsin run for 200 yards, at least 200 yards, under Paul Christ wow. since Paul Christ returned in 2015. Um, so, you know, every other team, all, every other, you know, all 12 other big 10 teams have allowed it. Northwestern has it. So, um, they got, they got their, uh, work cut out for them on Saturday or tomorrow. Zach Halpern joining us right now, our sports director, Zach, speaking of running the ball, I see, uh, Garrett Groshek practice this week after missing that Michigan game. I think it's, they didn't say he had COVID-19, but deductive reasoning. Can we say that he was returning to play through all the protocols necessary that would say that he did test positive for COVID-19? Are we going to see Garrett Groshek on uh, Saturday? You think? That's how I would take it. Now, again, all those guys that sat out last week for, were for undisclosed reasons. We don't know. I think the only player that we can confirm did sit out for COVID-19 reasons was Rashad Wild Goose because he went on Twitter earlier this week <laughs> and said uh, 21 days has been too long. So, And that's obviously the sit-out period for Big Ten players. So, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I think Garrett Groshek falls under that as well, and he should be back. So should Garrett Rand, uh, which is a big, big addition because we don't know – What's going on with Matt Henningsen at defensive line? So getting him back, and then Rashad Wilder's probably their best cover corner. So getting all those guys back is a, a significant, you know. And they're getting the, the left guard back too, right, Josh Seltzner? Josh Seltzner, he's coming back, but Wisconsin uh, is going to stick with the offensive line they rolled with last week, which is probably a good idea. Uh, John Dietzen at left guard uh, in place of Seltzner, and then they just move a couple of guys on the right side. But I think that probably is their best offensive line group. But we are, at, I think a lot of us were surprised. That you know, the people that follow it closely are surprised that that wasn't the lineup in the opening week, but it was because 
of some injuries, you know, late in camp. But, yeah, no, that, that offensive line group, I think, will be is their best group, and we'll see it on Saturday. Now, when you look at Garrett Groshek coming back and Paul Crist earlier this week saying that uh, Jalen Berger earned the right to get more reps, with Groshek coming mm-hmm. back, I mean, do, are we really going to be seeing Garrett, or am I really going to be seeing more of Jalen Berger moving forward when you got, you know, Garrett Groshek back, Nakia Watson as well? And what's up with Garendo? Yeah, well, I, that's the other thing. Garendo may have been another guy that was COVID-related. I'm not positive on that, but I think he was also dealing with an injury. Uh, he had a dealing with a bit of a hamstring injury that he uh, seemed to have um, aggravated against Illinois. I don't know if that's the reason he was out or or, or COVID. But yeah. um, how do you keep Garrett? How do you keep uh, Jalen Berger off the field after what you saw last week? Exactly. Um, that that was kind of my question to Paul Christ. It was you know, when you get Garrett back, when you get Isaac back, is there enough carries to go around? And he said that there, there is, you know, a numbers issue. It eventually becomes a numbers problem. You only have so many. But because of what he did against Michigan, um, you know, he deserves to be out there. He has earned the opportunity to get him. And uh, he also, or uh, who was it? Uh, Joe Rudolph said this week that it wasn't necessarily the Illinois game where he was not involved at all. It wasn't necessarily because he wasn't ready uh, or that they didn't want to use him. But he was had been a little dinged up in practice, so um, injuries had been an issue for him, and that's why we didn't see him against Illinois. But we'll see him. I think we see him uh, maybe not 15 carries like he got against Michigan, but I think they get the ball in his hands 10 to 12 times tomorrow. Okay, yeah, that'd be nice then. Um, looking at um, the defensive side of the ball, then for the Badgers, I, you know, I asked uh, Nelson over here, I asked RJ when he was in, and I said, "Don't say a little bit of both." What I say is, Wisconsin's defense truly that good, or is it? Hey. You played Illinois, and I know this is crazy to say, but it's 2020. You played the Michigan Wolverines. Is Wisconsin's defense that good, or is it the quality of opponents that they played against? A little bit of both. <laughs> you son of a... <laughs> <laughs> you I mean, son of a bee. But that is accurate, right? Yes. Uh, but I did, Illinois, I, that's, the, that's the easy answer. I ended up saying yeah, Wisconsin's yeah. defense is that good. We all did. I think, I think Wisconsin's defense is very good. Um, and I also say that Michigan... Michigan's defense was the much maligned one coming into that game. It wasn't their offense. Their offense is averaging 430 yards and close to you know over 30 points a game. It wasn't bad. It was, um, you know, it was their defense that was the one that got torn up. But Wisconsin's defense, outside of one drive against Michigan, was was dominant, and they have been dominant in their first two games. They've allowed 11 points. Um, I, I, it's the same group that was dominant last year outside of, you know, Zach Bond and, and Chris Orr, and they've done a pretty good job replacing those guys with Leo Chanel and uh, Nick Herbig. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're a dominant group. And look at, I mean, I don't know if we're going to get challenged a ton against Northwestern. Northwestern's been efficient. They haven't turned the ball over a bunch. But, you know, they yeah. haven't really been lighting people up. But no. I think Wisconsin's defense is that good. I love it, Zach. All right, let's switch gears now uh, to the Green Bay Packers on Sunday, going down to Indy real quick. Um, Devontae Adams, uh, the Packers being too cautious with this guy, or is, are we thinking to ourselves, hey, the Packers can go down to Indy without Adams if because he, he was not a participant in practice yesterday and still uh, get a win? What do you see happening against the Colts? Do they get Alan Lazard back? Aye. If they get If they get him back, then maybe it makes up for the loss of – or not makes up, but – at least uh, cushions the loss of Devontae. Yeah. I think Devontae Adams ends up playing. Okay, it's cool. an ankle injury. Like in past, like he's dealt with uh, the, the hamstring injury, and those can be obviously something that will stick with you for an entire season. But he sounded like a guy, at least on Wednesday when he talked, that he was doing everything in his power to be ready. And I, even if he didn't practice yesterday, I think that uh, he's got a, a chance to go on Sunday. We'll see today. I mean, obviously the injury report and the final practice report will come out later today. But 
I think it's going to would take a bunch to keep him out unless he, I mean, unless you re-injured it, I think it's going to take a lot to keep him out. Now, Zach, uh, I know you covered this guy when he was at the Wisconsin Badgers. I mean, statistically the best running back in college football over a three-year span of all time. Uh, the Packers rush defense suspect. Should we be worried? Should Packers be worried about Jonathan Taylor? It's, this is a bit of a surprise, but no, right. um, <laughs> because he is not. He hasn't been getting the carries. Uh, his his carries have gone down uh, significantly. significantly. Uh, they've been going with Hines a bunch. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I scared no, but I, I just think the running game in general should scare you if if you're a Packers fan because Indianapolis with that offensive line um, and against the Packers defensive line <laughs> and just the running game in general, uh, you'd be scared. And uh, I don't think. I think Frank Reich and company are going to be like, yeah, we don't really need Philip Rivers to beat the heck out of you. Uh, we'll just we'll just run these guys right in into your into you and see if you can stop it because you haven't proven you can stop it this year. Yeah, uh, Zach. Before I let you go, man, um, you I said this yesterday. I'm a big believer in it. I'll say it again. You are smarter than I. Can you figure out this? And this is the Bucks. This Bogdanovich. Now with the NBA opening up an investigation. Uh, of the Bucks and the the Kings, what can you figure out this fiasco? Because now Ersan Ilyasova has now been waived, so he was part of that deal. It's not, yeah. the deal's off, but now the NBA yeah. is going to investigate tampering for the Bucks and the Kings. But then I see they, like the Celtics talking about Gordon Hayward, like it's no problem. Can you figure any of this out? Uh, if if you like conspiracy theories, which you know you do, hell yeah. Um, it is conspiracy theory a lot, Friday. A lot, a, a lot of people would say that the, the NBA doesn't want Giannis Antetokounmpo in Milwaukee anymore, and the way to, and and people being up in arms over alleged tampering these last few days uh, probably would not be saying that if if it were this a, a big market club. And the NBA certainly probably wouldn't be going after him uh, like this because tampering happens all the time. But I don't know how you how you, how you prove this. It's probably not going to be. It's probably not to be a paper trail or anything like that. And certainly uh, Bogdanovich and his people aren't going to say, "Yeah, we were talking to him all the time." I, I, I think it's a bunch of BS. Uh, totally. Certainly, the, the deal is certainly dead. I mean, because uh, <laughs> Ersan was a Ersan was a huge part of that, right? I mean, he, to match salaries, and they don't have it now. So I'm just hoping Ersan uh, signs in the minimum for the Bucks again. Third time's the charm for Ersan. I, I yeah. <laughs> Probably not, but uh, hey, they hey, need somebody uh, on the bench. Speaking of that, I saw that the Suns what they waived Frank Kaminsky. Could you see, you know, Frank the Tank coming to Milwaukee? Yeah, and Sam Decker wants to play for free. Yeah, for sure. Did you yeah. see that? I yeah, did. So I think I think Decker's those. agent cringed when he saw that tweeted out. Probably, but yeah, no. This whole situation with the Bucks is is uh, not ideal, and they may have cost themselves significantly with. Uh, with Giannis, if if they're not able to add any other pieces than than uh, Drew Holiday, do you so, think you think Giannis is going to sign that supermax? You're more of a pessimistic the, than I, but I mean you you've become on, more on, of an optimistic lately. On Tuesday, yes. Today, that's very uncertain because they really Zach. box themselves in now. Zach. No, they really box they really box themselves in. Well, yeah, I mean someone screwed but, the pooch I mean, hardcore the, on this one. On the ability to, on the ability to improve the roster, which is the only thing that Giannis wanted, and you you really box yourself in, and I, I don't know where they go from here and how they deal with it. I mean, you're going to be able to add potentially, you know, a guy in mid mid level exemption, but that's it's not going to be a player of the caliber of uh, of Donovich. So I don't know. I I, I don't know. 
We'll see. Do you think it's going to be weird for Dante DiVincenzo, uh, DJ Wilson, come back into these facilities and be like, hey, guys, how's it going? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, let's just cross that, our fingers. Just that, let's just cross our fingers that Ursan signs at like the vet minimum back for the box because we need someone on the you end of that bench. You need him. Ursanity, the Turkish Thunder. Zach, thanks so much mm-hmm. for your time, brother. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Later. All right, there he is, Zach Heilbrunner, our sports director. And on Fridays, you know, we like to do two things here: talk football and gamble on football. So let's, with that being said, we get the Elvis Viva Las Vegas, and we go to our gambler to the stars, VSI Doc Sports, our guy, Raphael. Raphael, what's up, brother? Not much. What's going on with you? Uh, you know, we're just uh, we're just chilling on this Friday, talking about some football, and before we do that, break some games down with you, man. Uh, Raph, when it comes to the Masters, I know we were talking a little off-air, how do the Masters go when it comes to the Vegas lens of things? Uh, we won on some uh, prop bets. I think it was a small winning day, of course, with DJ winning it. That kind of hurt us a little bit because we had, uh, we had some quite a few tickets written on him to win. And Tiger Woods didn't win, so that was good for us. Uh, making a cut was good for us because a lot of people bet that Tiger Woods wouldn't make the cut. So that was a good thing. We did get hurt uh, on a head-to-head matchup, Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson. Uh, people bet Tiger Woods because Phil Mickelson faltered. Towards the end, uh, probably our biggest, uh, I don't want to say biggest loss, but one of the losses that we uh, that took it in the shorts was top lefty. We had a lot of people bet Bubba Watson. He would close at minus $2. So thank you, Mike Weir, uh, for coming in for top lefty because uh, Mike Weir had a better uh, better weekend than Bubba Watson and Phil Mickelson. How has Tiger Woods been, you know, through all the years of doing this, Raphael? Has Tiger Woods been like a cash cow for you, or, or has he been kind of a guy that's like a thorn in your side? Uh, back in the day when he was winning everything, he was a thorn in the sky. I mean, had the times we just had Tiger Woods versus the field in a lot of those because uh, there was uh, no uh, nothing to compete with him. But now, I mean, sometimes we're begging for him just to make the cut because, like I said, a lot of people like to fade him uh, and see him do bad when he shut that uh, 10. I forgot, was it a whole six? Uh, was it was a Sunday or Saturday. I can't remember. I laughed because. People know I don't. Uh, I displeasure on uh, Tiger Woods because of a bad history. Me, you're not a Tiger bad. guy. No, we Tiger had bad history uh, at uh, when he used to come in all the time at MGM uh, when I used to work. Uh, him, Barkley, and Jordan, and all them. I would see them almost every weekend. What? And he was always. I don't want to say. Uh, I hate to uh, say bad things on him, Raph, but Raph, he knows. Dude, he knows we're, what we're he open, did. We're open and honest here, Raphael. Just tell us what you know. What did he do? He knows what he did, but one of the bad things that I, I'm still upset, I remember watching him play in a high-limit room when he was married. Uh, I can't remember what his ex-wife's name. And he gave a cocktail waitress. Uh, she gave him some drinks. He gave her a $500 chip. His wife at the time took the $500 chip off the, the cocktail waitress tray and gave her a $5 chip. What? And then, like, well, yeah, and he let her do that. So that was one another. That's, that's a bad story that I still regret. That he let her, that he let that happen. So wow, uh, Raph. Yeah. All right, I, I, you're, I know, I know you're a married man and whatnot. But back in the day when you're at MGM, were you maybe like I don't know, you know, spitting a little game at a waitress, uh, maybe at Perkins or Denny's, and then Tiger Woods came in and swooped in, and you never saw that waitress again. No, there's a rule when you're in Vegas. You don't date cocktail waitresses. <laughs> Some of the unspoken ones. Man, so Raphael, not a Tiger guy. Personal experiences. Wow. That's good to know, man. All right, Raph, before we talk NFL. That's funny, dude. Before we talk NFL, uh, there's something I want to ask you about when it comes to um, you know making a line uh, of a game. So Wisconsin historically always plays Northwestern bad. 
Like they're always it's it's always some weird uh, close game and it never makes any sense. When you look at a Wisconsin Northwestern matchup through a better's eyes, you know, making a line, do you take in the history of uh, of the weirdness between the two programs? In most cases, yes. In 2020, maybe no, because anything that <laughs> happened in 2020. Last time I looked at the newspaper, Liberty and Coastal Carolina has still not lost a game in college football. But uh, in history, past, I mean, this is at Northwestern, so at Ryan Field. Wisconsin always struggles at Ryan Field. Northwestern's defense always plays, seems like their best game uh, against Wisconsin at Ryan Field. So uh, this one's going to be very interesting. A lot is on the line. I still think the Badgers, even I've only seen two games play. I mean, all of us have only seen them play two games, but the two games I've seen them play have been very impressive. I'm going to probably lay Wisconsin's first half, minus three and a half, and maybe take a shot at Northwestern in the second half, because I think it's going to be a field goal game. I I would not be shocked if maybe the Badgers go in winning at halftime by like maybe six points, uh, four points. And then I think whoever wins this game, I think wins by a field goal. Wow, okay. Raphael joining us right now. Follow him on Twitter, VSI Doc Sports, for all your gambling needs and whatnot. My man knows his stuff. All right, Raph. Uh, so looking at the NFL here, let's just start with the Green Bay Packers. As the Packers have never won in Indy, very small sample size. I think it's only four games uh, dating back to 1985. But the Packers are dogs in this game. I think the last I looked, it was one and a half points. Packers are dogs. What do you see happening in this game as Aaron Rodgers goes down to take on Phillip Rivers? Yeah, I mean, the ticket count shows the public on Indy, but the wise guys are all on Green Bay. So it, it all depends on what you're looking at. I think this is going to be a high-power offense game just because the Colts' defense has not looked like dominating like we've seen them in the beginning when they were holding the Jets to seven points, the Bears to 11, uh, the Vikings to 11 points. I think their defense, to me, looks like it's out of gas the second half. Just look at that Baltimore Ravens game a couple weeks ago uh, when they put up 24 points at Indy. Uh, the Bengals put up 27 points at Indy. So I, I kind of like to open this one. And I'm going to lean towards Aaron Rodgers. If I have to pick a quarterback, Aaron Rodgers or Rivers, I'm picking Aaron Rodgers seven days a week. My man. That's what I'm talking about, Raph. Break the conditioning. All right, Raphael. Uh, moving on here, NFC North action. I don't think Christian McCaffrey's playing. I don't think Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater's playing. Lions, it's questionable uh, on Matt Stafford, their quarterback. But Lions going to the Panthers. What do you see happening in this game? I'm not a Patricia fan, so I'm hoping the Lions lose like 49 to nothing so we can see the Lions get rid of him. Uh, this is going to be interesting. Like I said, there's so many injuries uh, on both sides. Uh, I'm going to probably lean towards Carolina just because they're at home. But, uh, again, I'm no Lions fan. I hope Patricia gets fired. So I think for, uh, give me Carolina 49 to nothing. I don't like uh, Patricia either, really, dude. He just looks like some schlop, some schlep out there. Uh, so, Raph, another Bears are on by. They're hilarious. Uh, but Vikings are hosting, <laughs> speaking of hilarious, the Dallas Cowboys. Vikings favored by seven points. You think they can uh, cover that seven, no problem, against uh, them boys? I like the way the Vikings have been playing for the past four to five weeks. I mean, if everybody, anybody in the NFC, including uh, the Packers in that division, you got to be worried about how Minnesota's playing because they're running the ball and running the ball at will. I think they blow up Dallas, uh, even though it's on a short week, but yeah. they're playing the Cowboys. They're, they're playing Coastal Carolina, uh, <laughs> in my eyes, or Liberty, in my eyes. Minnesota wins big. I can't believe Liberty and Coastal Carolina are up there, Raph. Um, what, one more game before I ask you about some MVP odds here. Uh, I don't. How do you, as a gambler, as a guy that's setting lines, as a guy that does this for a living, 
I just saw that Ian Rappaport came out and said Taysom Hill is getting starter reps in practice for the Saints, but then also saying that Jameis Winston will probably be under center as well. How do you set a line as I see the Saints are favored by four against the Falcons when you have so much, uh, not controversy, but uncertainty of who's going to be snapping the ball for the Saints? Us makers have no say-so on that junk that we hear, oh, Taysom Hill's getting reps. Well, they said the same thing last year. And how many reps did he get when Drew Brees was out? Zero. He didn't have that one start. So we don't believe that at all. It's going to be famous Jameis as a starter. They may run the wildcat with Taysom Hill, but I'm sorry. If they thought Taysom Hill was going to be the next Drew Brees, we would have seen him throwing by now. And he does not throw the ball at all when he's in there. So I, I don't believe the hype. We've set our numbers thinking famous Jameis is going to be back there with his crab legs. <laughs> I was going to make a crab legs joke, but you beat me to it. I beat you, baby. <laughs> Raph, I mean, this is a personal uh, question here. Uh, would you start Matt Stafford or Jameis Winston as quarterback this week? Ooh, probably Stafford. I mean, we're talking about famous Jameis. He almost threw a pick last week, but the guy <laughs> dropped the ball. So, yeah, no. Um, all right, Raphael. Well, I want to pick your brain really quick on the MVP conversation here. Uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is up there. I think last time I checked, Russell Wilson was second. Aaron Rodgers uh, in the top three. If you were to place a bet right now, who do you think wins that uh, MVP? Or if there's a or something more value of a dark horse that could maybe come and snatch it, who do you think it would be? If Aaron Rodgers beats the Colts, his name is going to be up there, uh, probably up to second uh, with uh, Patrick Mahomes. But I'm sorry. I know there's no Drew Brees, but Alvin Kamara is the reason why the Saints are winning games. And he's 50-1. to 1. Give the brothers some love, because if it wasn't for him, I think the Saints are a mediocre 500 team. I can't believe uh, we're talking about MVP. It should be called QVP, quarterback valuable player. Right. I'm sorry. Alvin Kamara should be top four in my eyes. Uh, but Big Ben. I mean, he's 14 yeah. one. He's undefeated. They're playing. A, I know they're playing the Jaguars, but they could be undefeated till coming into I think week thirteen. Uh, give Big Ben some love as well. No doubt about it. All right, Raph. Before I let you go, man, um, I know you love doing your entertainment prop bets as well. Next, and we'll talk to you next Friday. But I want to ask you about the fight next Saturday. Mike Tyson is this getting underway next Saturday? Is it actually happening? Yeah, so far it's so good. It's happening, and Tyson said multiple times he is treating this as a normal fight. He's not treating this as an exhibition. We do have some prop bets up there right now, and I'm probably going to add more. Will Mike Tyson wear his his small black uh, tidy whitey shorts into the <laughs> ring like like he normally did? Uh, but it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to watch it because I think uh, we might, I think Roy Jones could be uh, maybe uh, I'm not want to say Apollo Creed in the ring, but he might be hurt pretty bad. In the are we ring. talking Some like Apollo Creed? Are we talking Apollo Creed versus Ivan Drago? Like we're going to have someone, the manager screaming, throwing the towel? Yeah, someone might need to throw the towel for Roy Jones because I'm sorry. I've seen video clips of Tyson and he looks angry. Can we at least then, if this is going to be shades of Apollo Creed, even Dra- Ivan Drago, can we get a hologram of James Brown to play Living in America before the fight then? I'll see what I can. I'll see what I can do. I can maybe call, make a couple phone calls for you. And ref, um, have you seen? I haven't watched it yet. I know it's out as of like I think midnight. Did you see the new Mandalorian episode that just came out? I have not because I've been doing some other stuff for unbelievable. Uh, dude. But I know I, I've been slacking. Uh, I've been slacking. So I, I can't wait to. Uh, I can't wait to watch. I get a long drive coming up in, in the next uh, couple of days, so I'm gonna probably hit it while I'm driving. All right, Raph. Well, yeah, you know, ten and two though. Keep your eyes on the road, or, or one eye on the road at least, or have your have your missus drive then. All right, Raph. We appreciate you, fella. Uh, if we want to get a hold of all your stuff, was it VSI Doc Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, right? 
Yeah, uh, BSI on Twitter, uh, Doc Sports, Rafael Esparza on Instagram, and you can find all my odds at my bookie, and you can find me also at DocSports.com. Raf, may the odds forever be in your favor, my friend. Thanks for your time. Take it easy. Have a fantastic weekend. See you, buddy. We'll talk to you next Friday. There he is, Raphael.